0: Hello and welcome to the Sports by Northwest podcast. I am Oregonian sports columnist, Bill Oram. My guest this week, this is a good one, is senior NBA reporter for ESPN's Anscape, Mark Spears, who you may have seen had a sit-down interview with Damian Lillard last week, which of course is why he's joining us on the podcast this week, having nothing to do with the fact that his alma mater, San Jose State, is hosting Oregon State in the season opener for the Beavers this weekend. He's pointing at the logo on on his shirt uh mark welcome and thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today
1: man i'm i'm happy for you brother i um you know my actually my biggest dream as a journalist was to uh be a columnist initially and there was a time at the denver post and the boston globe where perhaps i'd i'd end up being a columnist instead of continuing to be an nba reporter and both times it was denied but it all worked out but uh I think it's beautiful for you to be able to go home and do what you do. And cause you, cause that's your heart, right? Like, you know, it and, and you bleed it. And so I'm, I don't think you wake up any day where it's boring. You know, this is, this is something that's true to your heart, man. So I, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to like get out of the bright lights of the Lakers, so to speak. Right. And go home, <laughs> man. So I'm, I, when I, when I heard that, I think I sent you a note. I was like, yo, man, that's dope. Congratulations.
0: I appreciate that, man. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Get to have conversations like this one. Um, And, you know, you talked about, you know, you potentially doing something else at some point, you know, your career kind of speaks for itself. And, you know, for those who don't know, you know, you've covered, I don't know, 20 NBA finals at this point, been covering the NBA for a couple of decades. You mentioned the Denver post, the Boston globe Uh, this year, Mark, before we get to the Damian Lillard conversation, I just have to acknowledge that you were bestowed with the highest honor an NBA reporter can receive, the Kurt Gowdy Award from the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. So I applaud you for that, um, joining some Thank of the you. real luminaries of our business. Um, <clears throat> let me just ask you, before we get to the Dame conversation and to some of the other cool stuff you're doing right now, uh, who was the first person you called when you got the call from the Hall of Fame?
1: I think I called my wife first <laughs> you know I mean like did you no no because she I think she was kind of I said well I got the call and she will she uh oh let me step out the room you know as you get that voice so she stepped outside yeah. and then I, I called my mom and um you know I don't I don't think my mom really understood she understands now right but and the, the, the beautiful thing about the ceremony was I, I get, got to highlight her and my, my dad. who My dad has ALS, so he couldn't be there. And shout out to my sister for going to New Orleans and being there so he could, you know, be careful and watch it on her iPad, right? But um, they know now. And so it's, um, you know, I, I, I actually was filming a conversations project in New York and I was in my office when I got the call um so that was uh yeah man and it was like all right we got to film the next scene so i i couldn't tell anybody so the only person i told were actually the two hosts of the show elaine welteroth and i don't think elaine really understood <laughs> either but but david lawrence did man and we we like both had a moment and i was like all right you gotta go film so uh well in the- <laughs> i think i think we both celebrated that night
0: Well in the Conversations project, you know, we're gonna talk more about, but is is a project you're doing with with those two. It's on Hulu, uh, via Anscape where you and you know other, you know, really incredible and 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 thoughtful and intelligent um, you know black leaders get together and talk about culture and race and, and politics and religion. Uh, there's six episodes or six parts streaming right now on Hulu, but I mean a really cool project you're doing too, which is t- totally a step out of the NBA and and some of this stuff that we know you for, you know, <laughs> going, cra- go, going crazy for San Jose State when they when they beat Ar- or when they beat Arkansas. But um, I really want to talk to you. We're going to talk about all this. We're going to get into all of it. But the the Damian Lillard conversation. Yeah, we got, got a lot, brother.
1: Week. We got a lot. But I know it. I know what Portland wants.
0: <laughs> We have not heard Damian Lillard in his own words very much this summer, right? I mean, we've seen, we've heard, we you know, actually I take that back. We've heard a lot of Dame in his own words. We've heard, we've heard Dame through his music. We've seen Dame on Twitter, um, you know, but this, this has been maybe the most, um, you know, pivotal summer the Blazers have had in the last quarter of a century with the idea of moving on from Damian Lillard and him finally putting in that trade request um, what to you was the biggest takeaway of your t- of your time with him? You know,
1: I I feel like um, <clears throat> probably you and and the state of Oregon and Blazers fans and Portland pride really read the whole piece, right? You know it, it, you know how it gets conjugated across social media, and they, all they care about is the fact that. The two main questions he said no to, but if there was so many like read between the line things that he talked Mm -hmm. about in terms of wanting to win a championship now, um, loyalty versus taking care of himself, um, the advice he's been given to be patient and, you know, eventually everything's going to come your way. Um, I think he was saying a lot of things without saying a lot of things. And then also he talked about how much he loved Portland. How important that city is to him, and that people are giving him love. And and the thing I think that's so unique about Dame's situation, and and please correct me if I'm wrong, is I think the city understands. Like, it's not like when Dame, uh, look, my mom, as I mentioned, and dad live in New Orleans. Like they despise respectfully Anthony Davis in New Orleans, right? Right. I remember the last hurricane that came through, like all the, I went afterwards, I went and checked on them. I went in the convenience store. Um, Everything was gone except these ruffles with Anthony Davis on it. Like they didn't care (laughs) that it was, (laughs) uh, I don't care how lacking in food we are. We're not going to eat the Anthony Davis ruffles, man. Like, I, I don't feel like it, like the David Lillard Gatorade is not going to get off the shelves because of this, right? In Portland, like there's respect and love for him. And I think for the Blazers, you're certainly in a tough position because there's only one team, Um, but the NBA at large respects him so much that nobody's going to t- test that, you know, they they're going to basically like get him give him what he wants. This isn't like James Harden where, you know, you're lighting fires everywhere you wanna go. I mean every time you want to go. Like Damon Lillard's being professional about it. He's beloved. He's top seventy five player. Um and I'm sure it would certainly be easier if he added a couple teams. But um I know he well I've been told that he uh the tech, you know, the, the the heat culture, and I think Bill, you know, this about him like that's kind of his style. Sure. You know, he's kind of got that kind of like military basketball mentality. Um, he wants to work. Um, uh, also, the stability of the organization, the winning like they've been to the finals what seven times since two thousand six. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, Bam and Jimmy help. No State Tax helps. The uh-huh. Sunshine helps. Um, and I think at 33 years old, he looks at the landscape of the West and is like, eh, "I think my chances are better to go out east." And if Miami's able to make the finals without somebody like myself, what can they do with me? So, um, you you don't make that move unless it's a, certainly a calculated risk. And I know that Boston, I know Jason Tatum's called him, tried to get in his ear. But his his focus is um, definitely on Miami.
0: You mentioned the aggregators, and the thing that people picked up on from your conversation was Dame saying, "You know, I, I don't want to speak on Portland, or I'm not going to speak on Portland." And I think Which is all
1: fine related.
0: Right, I you I, didn't want I to guess get fine. did. Well, I mean, why would you? And there was, I yeah, think, a quick reaction on Twitter that, or X, whatever it is, that that was somehow a shot at Portland. And I took it the other way. Like, not, not Damien no, is not quite going the to to me. Damien's not going to say anything negative about Portland. It was to me that was respect. Did, so, you you agree with that?
1: No, that was that was respect, and I don't want to get fined. Yeah, but even in yeah. one of the quotes, he he said it was it was like positive towards Portland. It was like respectful mm-hmm. towards Portland. And then he said, I love Portland, and I'm going to live here. <laughs> I keep he lads on living there. You're going to – and sometimes with these things, right, you got to look long-term. Look at Minnesota with Kevin Garnett. No relationship. It's sad. Like you walk into their games there, and KG's not in the rafters because he doesn't want to be in the Raptors. You know how embarrassing it is for their franchise that he's in the Raptors at Boston, but he's not in the Raptors mm-hmm. in Minnesota? No twenty one up in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Like the Mello thing. Keep an eye on like Carmelo Anthony in Denver next year. Like, but I actually thought the finals would have been an amazing place for Denver to like just have Mello come out in the beginning and put his hand up and 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 heal. But they didn't pick him to do it. Then they they say they're gonna. Oh yeah, next season we we'll, we're gonna do some things, and I believe Denver will next season. But I thought the finals would have been a perfect moment. But instead, it was. They David Thompson and Alex English, understandably so. Um, but what what certainly that I mean, if you brought him out during the finals, I think that would have been it's been venomous there with him and in Denver. But it didn't have to be on both sides. Like I remember when Melo came back for the first time and he's playing for the Knicks. Instead of doing a Melo tribute, which I always say teams should be the bigger person and do that, mm-hmm. they did a. Here's our former Nuggets playing for the Knicks. It's Marcus Camby. It's J.R. Smith. It's Carmelo. Like like it was really wrong, man. You know what I mean? And um so I just think that the difference with Portland too is like Melo ain't going to live in Denver. KG ain't going to mm-hmm. live in Minneapolis, but Dame is going to be in Portland. I do see a time when he's retired with his kids sitting courtside the same way you saw Kobe Bryant sitting courtside with Gigi, right? Like yeah, I, I can see that in Portland, and that's that's a beautiful visual for a franchise that that could could speak testaments about the franchise. So I think the Blazer organization has to keep that mind now. Like you think so much about the present, but you need to think about the long term effects that have, and you know, oh well, we have a change in ownership now. We feel different, eh. you know.
0: You know, and it's interesting cuz Portland hasn't had the greatest track record with its departing superstars in terms of yeah of of, of like, those you relationships, see him? Where's Clyde, Where's like, Bill, Clyde, Where's Clyde, like... Clyde's at Clyde's in Houston, Bill comes to things, but Mark, I don't know if you watched the the 30 for 30 on Bill Walton this summer, the luckiest guy alive. I need to. That's on, on my list. Outstanding. And I was late I was late to it. I only watched it last week. But one thing, you know, if you know the history of the late 70s Blazers with Bill Walton, you know, it was acrimonious and toxic because he was so mad at the medical staff for, you know, yeah. for giving him, you know, painkillers or, you know, whatever it was that got him to play in the 78 playoffs. And so he, he held yeah. out at the start of the 78, 79 season until he could get out of Portland and it was acrimonious, mm-hmm. toxic, whatever you want to call it. And it took time. Now he came, has, has been around, you know, at major events and anniversaries and beloved, and beloved. So and, far removed you know, a, though, right? Like the figure. younger generation does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not here. You know, he was never on yeah. the Blazers broadcast full time. He was on the Clippers broadcast full time with Ralph. Like, yeah. so, I mean, there these things do have kind of a life cycle, but so I agree with you completely. Like, don't, don't kill the long-term relationship with Damien because he wants to have it. The Blazer fans want to have it and what he means here. But there is also the reality from the business standpoint of, of how the of Blazers proceed is going to dictate how much success in large part they have. For Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, this next generation. But I'm looking at the Blazers, and there seems to be no movement on them moving toward a Miami deal. Miami has no incentive to up their offer. But what is the end are you game sure? here, Mark?
1: I don't, are, are you sure as about far that? as what
0: I've heard. You think you think we're getting closer? Does he end up in Miami? Does Portland move on? Yes. Do they say we're gonna we're gonna take the deal that is there so we can? Move I think on he on ends up in page? Miami.
1: I don't know. I don't understand that Tyler Hero hate. He's a hell of a shooter. Me,
0: me either. Me why either. Why
1: wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want Tyler Hero? Maybe that's coach speak or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Like, what's the kid from UCLA? Hakeas.
0: Like, here's the
1: thing. Like, also keep in mind. Like, I love, 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 love Scoot Henderson. I've spent a lot of time with Scoot Henderson. Mm-hmm. He is like a younger version of Dame. Although he's more of a passer, uh, but he can be a phenomenal scorer. And like in terms of makeup, I think you mean
0: yeah, worker and like
1: he's he yeah yeah like as a person too like just him and his family are beautiful like they're gonna love him. Dame's thirty three. His team is not going anywhere. Like if you could get Hero and Hakees and somebody's like, well, they got. Simmons and Simons and you know and they got uh so what at pieces you could make other moves later but I'm trying to get more depth man like are you convinced that everybody on that roster is better than Tyler Hero he's the only guy, good, guy on, that, on the roster <laughs> the
0: only guy on the roster right now who I would say I'm convinced is, is going to be better than Tyler Hero is Scoot Henderson it's and he true. hasn't done it yet Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like Ant's great, but I mean, Ant and Tyler Hero, yeah. you know, I've got to put him in the similar tier right now, um, but Tyler, Tyler Hero one playing at a higher really level. Big games. He's six, he's six, six, you know? Yes. But I, I think that you're right. I, I mean, to I don't, me, I, don't and, I don't,
1: if I, if I, if you could get him and high cas and some picks out of it under the circumstances, I actually think it's a pretty good deal. Right. Um, you know, I do expect it to be three or four teams and maybe some people go somewhere else but I, I really like tyler hero man i don't i don't know that he changed the course of what happened in the finals if he was healthy but when he's on the floor there, there, there's some shooters that are on the floor that put fear in your heart and he's one of them and that those are hard players to find i, I don't know There's a lot of guys that shoot threes. There's not a lot of guys you fear shooting threes, and I think he is one of those guys. So I, this this Tyler Hero hate from the beginning has been really confusing to me.
0: Well, and I think a lot of people are like, positionally, he doesn't make sense for the Blazers, and and I just don't know why that matters. Just
1: get players, man.
0: Not exactly. Not are you Blazers are, right? You're not trying to. I mean, listen. Just get. You know Chauncey well. Chauncey's. Chauncey wants to Just win. I'm sure Chauncey, would love to, Chauncey would love to get Joel Embiid back for Damian Lillard, I'm sure, so they could contend next year. But that's not where the team is, right? That's not where the Blazers are. The Blazers are in absolute The team isn't, com- isn't going
1: to compete with Joel Embiid be in the same spot of being Damian Lillard. It's, <laughs> totally. It's not totally. enough. It's not do enough. You, do
0: you think someone uh screwed up in this situation? Like, was this a... Was this a was Damian wronged by the Blazers because Joe Cronin said at the, his press conference in Vegas that he feels like he but it's,
1: it goes back deeper Man. than Cronin. He, I mean, Cro- yes. Cronin admitted he did, and I respect that. Um, I know. I hear Dame really wanted a stronger, not so much starting five, but stronger bench, like a more veteran lated, talented bench that when they got to the second five could really take off, and I think that brought him disappointment more than anything and wanted him out you know there was a march 22nd you know uh that your season's over with your five games out and maybe it was a long shot they get to the plan but what if they did and you see what happened with the lakers and you see what happened with miami yeah. and i don't think that hit well once the playoffs started and um but i think it's deeper than cronin it was the guy that was there before you know um doing a lot of chest bumping and beating his chest, but not putting the right people around him. He didn't, you know, trading CJ stole something out of his heart, you know, from the Blazers trading CJ as well. But they just, it just like when you saw the arms race, the Warriors get players, the Blazers, I mean, not the Blazers, the, the Lakers get players, the Clippers get players, right, in the West, dallas goes and gets kyrie like phoenix loads up there was no loading up in portland and you know you got to trade obviously i mean you know jeremy grant's a very good player don't get me wrong but um they just never in the arms race to the west they they basically all just had a pistol when everybody else was having cannons right just never could put that team around him and now and then now he's 33 do you
0: think um so what's the end game here you think he goes to Miami does it happen before training camp yes okay yeah okay if it doesn't I'm curious what you. Because I've talked to this a lot with a lot of people, and I've tried to nail this down. If it doesn't, you'll it see do- me
1: in Oregon during training camp. You'll see me on media day.
0: <laughs> Will Damian Lillard be in camp? Are we, gonna, with the are we gonna
1: go to Cafe Dewberry for breakfast before?
0: We, Dewberry's just down the street from my house. We can go for sure. Uh, does Dame yeah, come to Blazers training camp, or do the Blazers or do the Blazers say stay home while we work this out? What is the what is the best way? To navigate that for those two sides if i Dame think it is still gets on the done. To start camp
1: I don't think we're gonna do okay. breakfast that time we'll do breakfast another time
0: okay I look I look I look forward to the it's my down predi- the road
1: I'm, I'm not saying that's my prediction I'm gonna stick with it
0: uh you covered chauncey um basically his whole career right
1: yeah um L- no what I do you think I, of let me tell you can I tell you a chauncey Bubb story yeah tell yeah, go for it no, uh, Chauncey's a friend. I love Chauncey, okay? Like, he's, like, we're not supposed to say these things right, but he's, he's like, a, a brother to me.
0: You're in the Hall of Fame. I you lived in
1: Denver. For, yeah, I lived in Denver from 99 to 2007. That time, when I first started covering the Nuggets, Chauncey was on the team. If you go look at it, it was a very interesting trade. Chauncey was a throw-in, um to the Orlando Magic. It was him. Uh, Ron Mercer was in a contract dispute and a guy named Johnny, Johnny Taylor. And they got Tariq Abdul-Wahad and Chris Gatling back. Right. Um, Chauncey never even played for Orlando. Doc Rivers was the coach of the team and they just let him become a free agent. That next summer, we had a mutual friend by the name of Matisse Moore, who I played with in junior college at Foothill College in the Bay. We go to New Orleans for the Essence Music Festival. The young Ty has just won a championship. It's 2000. We're, we're hanging out. Lil Wayne comes by. Yo, T. Lou, T. Lou, Chauncey's with us. Like, we're walking down Bourbon Street, right? Nobody said nothing to Chauncey. Not a word. I remember we even went to my cousin's house for a barbecue. T. T. Lou wasn't with us, but uh, Chauncey was with us my cousin didn't recognize him and he was giving us this little lecture about if we work hard, we can get a pool with a backyard. Oh, i never forget that. So I asked Chelsea about that. We laugh at that. Like, you know, he didn't recognize. He just thought he was some young dude. And I just remember him being in a weird spot and being conflicted and being like fearful that he was going to be out of the NBA. Hmm. Then the Minnesota thing, he's like, I got this offer from Minnesota. I think I'm going to go there and, you know, I'm going to back up. Terrell Brandon, who's certainly familiar with you guys there. Mm-hmm. And that was a spark. That's what started it and eventually ended up with him um, going to Detroit. And I'll tell you this. I got, if you look in my room, if you see me on NBA today, I got a zillion bobbleheads, right? I hope Chauncey says it's the only bobblehead I've ever purchased. <laughs> and, and it's because, man, like, I, I always remember that conversation. I always remember that, like look in his eye of concern. Um, And how do you f- go from that to a champion and a finals MVP? Incredible. Absolutely incredible story. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's somebody and it needs to do a documentary on his story because he really thought his career was hanging on a thread. Um, And so for him to figure it out and I, I believe he'll make the Hall of Fame next year. Okay. I think he'll be in next year's class, for sure. Um, so, uh, I, so what was your question? Well, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, that's my that's I my mean, guy, man. That's he's he's I, a I, I, he's an amazing person. He don't drink. He don't smoke. He's he's a he's a good human being. All right, <laughs> he got some good wine in, in Oregon, man, and he's not partaking in any of it.
0: I aspire to ask questions that yield answers as good as that one. So I don't even know what my question was, but credit to me for asking it. Um, I, d- I did want to ask about Chauncey, this Blazers coach. Have patience becoming... with him, in
1: Portland. Like he's that's my question. I mean, you only could coach what you can coach. Can 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 John Wooden coach that team to something better? <laughs> Like, be real about who you yeah, are. Be yeah, real about yeah. your roster. And I think that's the yeah. problem is, you know, we are not winning. Can't make tuna with sardines. Right? Can't make a tuna sandwich with sardines. Like, come on, man. Like, be real about your roster. And then you bring somebody else in, and then they got to start from scratch. There is nobody. I don't think there's anybody in the NBA, actually that is better for Scoot than Chauncey. Because while, while Scoot is certainly a much better athlete, they're, they're very similar players. And to get that tutelage at this age from a future Hall of Famer, from a finals MVP, from one of the greatest point guards that ever played a game, to have that influence. And I'll tell you this about Scoot. He ain't that young kid that don't listen. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done a couple pieces on him. Please check them out. You'll enjoy them because of him, not because of me. um He's going to listen and take everything and squeeze him and and ask him about playing in the finals and ask him about playing against this person and that person and John Stockton and Gary Payton. Like he wants that information. He he's not an arrogant kid. He wants to be mm-hmm. magnificent and. To have Chauncey as his teacher on a daily basis is um, when Dame is gone, like they'll be in good hands with him. Like buy buy that double zero jersey or just take your Dame jersey and add a zero to the right side of this <laughs> zero you have now. <laughs> Put some that's, tape that's, over that's the last name and write, write, write it over. That's, the economy,
0: that's the economy version. But I,
1: this, this kid is special and, and yeah. This kid is special, and, and Chauncey's going to make sure he becomes special.
0: Uh, Mark, before we go, there's two key topics that we have to talk about. I need to talk to you about San Jose yeah. State, Oregon State, Sunday, in in your in your stomping grounds. We just watched the Spartans. I got another
1: 10 minutes, man. Let's, let, unless you just, guys got an expiration Sp- time on this thing. We
0: do not. I just saw the Spartans give USC everything it could handle for about a half. Um at the Coliseum?
1: No, more what's more the, like three and, a half, three and a half. Three and a half <laughs> what's the Mark credit. Spears?
0: What's the Mark Spears scouting report on the San Jose State team that uh, I think people are yeah. sleeping on? Gone, gone to bowl games the last two, two out of the last three years. Really good quarterback. Yeah. Um, what? Sh- how, how scared should the Beavers be?
1: You know what's scary about it, and this is said with all due respect to Oregon State, is that we played already. We got the kinks out. I, I'm also I have several degrees. Also, you see me post a lot about LSU. I got my master's from LSU. My family's from Louisiana, so I root for LSU and go to LSU stuff as well. People say, well, how can you do both? I'm like, I got degrees from both. But anyways, um, having played already, we got the kinks out. Mm -hmm. Then we go home. And I I mentioned LSU because last year LSU lost to Florida State in the first game, and I think we'll make amends this weekend. And I think part of it was because uh, Florida State had played the week before and got a lot of the kinks out and got the nervousness out. And and so first games, I think, are hard. And we played a really high-level first game and competed with USC until, like, you can't make mistakes against USC. Right. But for about three and a half quarters, we were in it until that lucky play when the, you know the Heisman winner drops the ball, fumbles it, picks it up in the sandlot, right? And then they ran back a kick, and then like we, you can't make mistakes, and they had a lucky play, like and boom, yeah. like lightning in a bottle. But they had to, they had to fight for it. And yeah, I, I know Oregon State's coming in with their ranking. I look forward to them playing in the Mountain West Conference. So I'll see you more. You're gonna, you're <laughs> gonna,
0: you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna hurt a lot of hearts. That's my up here. hope.
1: That's my hope, man. I I look forward to going to, to to a game at Oregon State for the first time. That's my hope is that y'all. I know you guys it, are rolling your eyes coming. and probably turn it off now. Um, but anyways, no, I just think that it's going to be a great, 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 great game. Um, great for San Jose State. There's a, a reconfigured sweep situation behind, which will be Oregon State's bench. So I actually got a sweep this season behind oregon state's bench and guess who's in my suite guess who's coming
0: chauncey billups To
1: give you a little secret (laughs) no who's the greatest basketball player in oregon state history
0: gary payton gp the glove
1: you gotta come by man gp's in the suite i'm trying to give you your column brother i'm trying to make it Uh, easy for you just you you want to just come hang out with us during the game
0: Dear listener, this is how the sausage is made. On on Monday morning, when you pick up the Oregonian and you read a column about Gary Payton at the San Jose State game, this is the origins of that column. Um, yeah. Mark, you, you you played basketball at yeah. San hey, Jose man, State. I, you, you want me
1: to send you a you want me to send you a ticket so you can come by because it's a sweet situation. So you can't you just can't walk have an walk all in access
0: there. pass. We'll talk. We'll talk more offline. Well, you'll have your media pass, but yeah,
1: I got I got you.
0: You played basketball at San Jose State. You were also a student
1: journalist. Um, those things don't always I read, a red align. I redshirted at San Jose State. I redshirted, had a knee injury. But we'll go ahead. There's more to the story, but we don't have time.
0: You're also a student journalist. You,
1: got, you Google it. There's a There's a lot that was going on there, but but yes.
0: I just what ha- what happened? How did those two things end up uh, connecting? How did what? Being a student journalist question, and also on the I'm basketball sorry. team. Oh. How did being a student journalist, I knew I wanted to be a sports writer since seventh
1: grade. I knew I want to be a sports writer since seventh uh, grade. We had a great career day when I was at Sylvandale junior high in San Jose, where actually a guy from the warriors came, uh, went to listen to him. He asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up. I said, I want to play for y'all. And he said, well, what if you can't, what if you're hurt? What if you don't make it? So, I don't know. And he gave me some great advice, which I hope any listener gives to their kids like, if you can combine what you love most in life with what you do best in school, uh, you'll find a job you're happy with every day. And I love sports and I can write. So I decided in the seventh grade, I wanted to be a sports writer, sent a letter to Mark Purdy from the San Jose Mercury News. And he gave mm-hmm. me uh, the cheat code from seventh grade uh, through college to be a sports writer. And um, so I, I knew that since seventh grade. And, and basically everything he told me to do, whether it was write for the school paper or uh, get typing classes all the typing classes in high school or uh, get as many internships in, as possible in college I followed to a t, so I definitely wasn't a first round pick of any sort in basketball I did perhaps had an opportunity to maybe play in Mexico after my basketball career was done but I felt like a first round pick in terms of journalism because I was just ahead of everybody um and you know my first job a lot of people talk about Gowdy uh, Award, getting that, and it included, you know, covering NBA for 24 years. But I also covered Nolan Richardson in my first job. covered the University of Arkansas' football and basketball team. I also covered Cal State Northridge football and basketball, but I also covered Kentucky, Tubby Smith, and I covered the Hall of Famer, Denny Crum, too, with University of Louisville, all within my first four years. So I covered major college basketball with Kentucky and Arkansas and Louisville. And uh, so that's, that's part of my basketball journey as well.
0: Mark, you, you, you've, you've branched out of sports and the NBA with this project on Hulu um, called the conversations project. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's inspired by um, by the Harlem Renaissance salon and you guys get these big groups of, of, of really thoughtful people together over wine, over food, the wine would disqualify Chauncey Billups from ever appearing on an episode. But um, where did this? <laughs> no, come no, from? no,
1: that's not true. Because we had Natari Notton from Power, and she was pregnant, so she just drank juice. Like I, there and were Chast- there were some people that didn't drink wine, but and we also had um, um, all the wine that we had, which is I know Oregonians are interested in in wine. We're all black owned wines, including Andre Mack. I think he was a lone one from Oregon that we had this mm-hmm. season. Um, so his his wines, and he had a pinot called OPP, Other People's Pinot, which was great. But go go ahead, let me let you finish.
0: Well, just the the, the project. You guys really dive headfirst into really complicated subjects. Really, you know, things that people maybe have a hard time talking about. You know, there's a great conversation about reparations that you know where it's not a binary our reparations, good, bad conversation, but a lot of really strong perspective on, on what it would mean, who pays for it, who, who gets paid, you know, and they just, and I, I just wonder what, what inspired you and your other co hosts to go down this road and start this project, obviously with the support of landscape, but to, um, to push some of these conversations forward, where'd that come from?
1: Well, I actually, I think a big part of it was like, um and, I'm a big fan of three movies in particular. My favorite movie of all time is *Mo Better Blues*. Also, *Boomerang* and *Love Jones*. And the common denominator between the three movies is they show black excellence in each of the movie. You know, really educated, cool black people that you want to hang out with that are are have amazing jobs and and are are doing like really dope things. And I'm tired of the shows of us selling drugs or in the crime world or, or reality shows where we're just throwing drinks on each other and, um, you know, or just seeing us as athletes or entertainers. Like we're, we're all often seen in the negative light. I I would say blacks, African-Americans are seen in a negative light nine out of 10 times. And, you know, perception can also oftentimes be reality and the reason why people like us, Racist towards or frightened of black people is because of the visual they te- they tend to see on television. So, I, I mean, I I haven't watched The Wire because I don't. I get tired of seeing, and I I need to tell some of my friends this because they have give me a hard time for it. I'm just tired of seeing us in these positions selling drugs and those kind of things. I don't hang out with no people that sell no damn drugs. <laughs> I ain't hanging out with nobody in the crime world. this has never been a part of my life and. When I do go to dinner with folks that I'm close to, and if it's, you know, we have real conversations. I'm not talking about Dame every dinner. We're talking about the world. We're talking about life. So if you watch this show, these are the typical conversations that we do have. And they're, they're deep. And I, I wanted not just Black people, but people of all colors. Like, I you want your kids to watch it and say, oh, wow, there's a Black guy that's an astronaut there's a black woman that's a financial advisor, you know, there, there's, uh, uh, this black man is a, uh, uh, educator and he's really, really interesting. He's really, really has some depth. Um, like, yes, there's comedians and actors and actresses and musicians, but there, there's other people with different ilk, um, business folks and stuff on the show. Yeah. And so when I watch, when people watch it, like they probably assume this is just a, for black people to watch because it's a black iron sharpens iron laden show. No, man, everybody needs to watch that. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, um, there's many more brilliant black folks out there doing amazing things that are being given credit for. So I think through the course of this thing, especially for folks that aren't black, you're going to learn so much about the African-American community, even about the international community, the Caribbean, uh, the chef on the show, he's actually a Jamaican London and, um, I think through this, through the course of it, you'll wish you were at dinner with us. You'll fall in love with the food that's there. Um, but you'll also like laugh with us, cry with us, get angry with us, mm-hmm. understand like what it's like in a lot of ways to be black in America and, but in a very educated and, and fun way. And so I, I just, I hope that every person listening, like gives this a chance gives it an opportunity. It was, I heard it was the most um, searched thing on Hulu yesterday. So that made me, that was good news to my ear. We're hopeful to have a second season and a third season and continue to have a conversation of the popular person, but also the person that you may not know that like, Oh, wow. They're, They're interesting. They're smart. Like, so this is, this is different. Everybody keeps telling me I'm, very grateful to have this opportunity like i'm a sports writer who has a television show that ain't got nothing to do with sports and we had one sports guest all six episodes solomon thomas from the jets (laughs) and that was it so um like bill you know we're, we're we're so much deeper than what we do man like and so to branch out like i just i just hope my friends support it i got a lot of friends in the industry i hope they give it a chance and support it and Don't just look at it as a black thing. Um, And hopefully we're around for, for more depth and more conversation.
0: It's really cool, Mark and congratulations to you guys. It's the conversations project on, on Hulu. Uh, A, a collection of fearless banter over some of the country's best food and wine is how they've branded it. And I I couldn't agree more having, having watched a couple of those. So credit to you guys Um, and Mark, Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I think you're going to be in for a long Sunday with the Beavers because I think the Beavers are
1: really good. Hey man, it's it's going to be an upset. I hear I hear what you're saying, but it's going to be an upset. We've beaten ranked teams before. That is true,
0: and I think come come enjoy the good weather
1: and the sunshine and all that. And and I'm glad we. I'll just say this: I'm glad we got you guys first. I think later. there is
0: going. I think, remember that. I think there is a. I think there is a thought. A lot of talk about Oregon State going starting four and 5 and zero, maybe being a real dark horse for the college football playoff. And I do agree. Do not overlook this week one game against San Jose State. So, Mark Spears, you'll be there. I'll be no, there. overlook it. We'll keep this conversation going. Overlook <laughs> it. We want
1: you to. We're easy. All right, Mark. It's Thanks just, so much. Uh you know, it's a two and one, right? Just just come get your check. Go Spartans
0: mark spears senior nba reporter for espn's landscape host of the conversations project on hulu great piece on damian lillard last week that you need to read also has one on ben simmons done so much in his career you can go find it if we'd listed everything mark had done in his career we wouldn't have had time for this great conversation mark
1: spears thanks so much (laughs) thanks brother.